And so um, I'm excited about tonight. Well, I've had every opportunity to to allow this this uh, message to um, um, been tested by this message today. Amen. I, I, seriously, my wife's laughing right there because she knows. You know, the, uh, what we're talking about tonight is a sound mind, and I, and I believe that uh, in the process of what we do and what God is doing in us, there is a uh, part of the passageway is through our mind, and if we don't learn how to control our minds, then uh, our minds will rule us, or the thoughts that come into our minds will rule us if they're not God's thoughts towards us, Okay. And so, uh, but uh, we had every opportunity today to experience some opportunities. Actually, this last few weeks, so it's funny coming into this. So, but it's a, it's a great opportunity, amen. And, and it's important for you to realize too that you know when the Spirit of the Lord, because the Spirit of the Lord is upon us to preach the gospel to you guys. I mean, we're not just coming up here. It's a it's an anointing that's here for for not just for us. And it's like like we know everything, or we're excused from anything that we're preaching to you at any point in time that. We're preaching it. Amen. And so, um, you know, you got to see that. And so because I think sometimes people have a preconceived idea that the person that's standing up here ministering to you, nothing's going on in their world. And and everything they're preaching about, they've already got everything down packed. So, you know, they're just talking from experience. You know, reality is, man, the devil doesn't play fair. He's going to come on anybody and everybody. Come on. He's a punk. He is a punk, and you got to keep him where he's supposed to be, amen. And if you, if we, and that doesn't, it doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't matter how long you've been walking out your faith life. You're still going to have to live by faith, and your faith is always going to be tested. Just remember that it's not God that's testing you; it's the devil. All right, and kick him in his teeth, amen. You need to come on. You come strong or don't come at all, amen. That's got to be your attitude with it, because if you don't, you're going to get whooped. You're going to feel like at the end of the day, like you've been beat up and you cannot allow him to do that to you. Amen. So stand fast in your faith. So we're talking about a sound mind tonight, a sound mind tonight, a sound mind tonight. And I, and, and I, as I was meditating and just letting the Lord speak to me, when you think about what are the sounds that are going into your mind? If you're going to think about it. What are the sounds that are going into your mind? Because it, it'll determine whether or not you have a sound mind or not. Because you, you're going to have thoughts all the time, good, bad, and ugly. Seriously, they're going to come. That's the, he's, it's just going to, it's, it's a reality. It happens to everybody. And I love what Brother Hagin says, it's one thing to let a thought or a bird fly over your head. It's another thing to let them nest in your head. So you're going to have thoughts come by all the time, sometimes all day long, every day. And you got to cast those thoughts down. This past year uh, at the Believers Convention, uh, Brother Moore talked about slap down, you know, and then reset. You know, you got to slap it down and they call it, what we do at G29, they call it, they skirt it. You know, they fly, they're going to skirt. You, seriously, you're going to have to slap because let me tell you, the thoughts are going to come and you and I have got to slap them down. And hit a reset button and press play to what God says about those thoughts in your life. It's a reality. So you've got, but well, you've got to do that first part. Slap it down. You got to slap it down. 
It's going to come, press the reset button, and press start where the Word of God is concerned in your life, in that area of your life. Amen. Amen. So we're going to learn some things tonight that are going to help you. Uh, one of the things that uh, Brother Moore talked about in this message was uh, talked about a loop, or what we used to call was a replay. You know, you press, you can hit a replay button, and it just keeps going on the same thing over and over again. You ever find out some thoughts come to you all the time? The same thoughts over and over and over and over again. Well, you, when those thoughts come to you, you need to replay the thoughts about the Word of God over and over and over and over and over and over again, where that is concerned. Amen. Like, great is the peace of my children. 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 Because your child could be doing something that you really are going, you know, seriously, you're looking at it going, oh my goodness. And your thoughts can overtake you, but you need to press the replay button, hello, to what God says about your children as great as a piece of my children. My children are taught of the Lord. Great is the nothing missing, nothing broken of my children. Hello? All right? You, 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 see, you see that. But it can be like in your finances. Oh, come on. He meets all of my needs according to his riches and glory. He meets all of my needs according to his riches. You need to hit that replay rather than going, what are we going to do about that bill? What are we going to do about that bill? What are we going to do about that bill? What about that bill? What about that bill? How is that bill? No, stop. Slap down. Reset. And push play and replay to what God says. God's meeting that need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. My God is supplying all of my needs according to his riches and glory by Christ. My God, just keep doing it over and over. Eventually that thought isn't even coming near you. And sometimes you may have to do it hundreds of times in a day. Seriously. How about that backache? Oh, and you talk about it about everybody. No, stop. Thank you, Lord, by your stripes I was healed. Thank you, Lord, that by your stripes I was healed. Jesus, you bore my sickness and carried my pain. Therefore, I have no pain in my body. Hello, just whatever, hit that and keep going. Jesus, you bore my sickness and carried my pain. Jesus, you bore my sickness. I have no pain. Jesus, you bore my sickness and you carried my pain. Jesus, was Jesus' death not good enough? Press the replay button. Reset whatever the devil's throwing at you in your body because there's things that are happening. That's why Jesus said, by the spirit that is on us, we will not be in, in uh, Isaiah chapter 11. It says, you will not judge after the sight of your eyes, neither reprove after the hearing of your ears. Because when you get a bad report or you see something that doesn't look good. Huh? What's going to be your response? Are you going to allow, allow your thoughts to start going towards the negative aspect of what you're seeing or what you're hearing? Or are you going to allow the word of God to have preeminence in that area of your life and confess that out of your mouth? And speak that out of your mouth. Continuously say, replay it over and over and over and over again. As I was thinking about this message, it reminded me of one of the best illustrations. And, and Brother Copeland did this years ago. And we're going to do this tonight because I believe you, repetition is the motor skill for learning. You, the, I had a friend of mine this past week, he, uh, two weeks ago, he asked me, he says, what, they're going into the state track meet. And he just, I need some coaching advice. I, I, he said, this is what I think I need to do. And he said, and he asked, he was asking me, do you think that's right? And what he asked me was, I feel like I'm really supposed to just go back. It was a shot put in the discus. Go back and just go over the basic mechanics. Don't, don't throw a bunch. Just go over the fundamentals of, of what they're supposed to, what are you supposed to do this week? 
rather than get out there and get a bunch of throws in and do a bunch of this, he said, I, want, I feel like I'm really supposed to go back to the ABCs of it. I said, that is the best thing in my personal opinion. Every great coach that I've ever been around, the fundamentals is what gets them to the state championships, to the national championships. It's the little things that make a difference. So, but it's that repetition that's a motor skill of learning. Well, I I don't know how to do that. I did that in seventh grade. And he's in 11th or 10th or 11th. Hey, you don't stop doing what you did to get where you got. When you stop doing it, then it stops working. Come on. Stop lifting weights and see what your body does. Sag, baby, sag. That's just the reality of it. Come on. It's just the way it works. You can go, the reason your body doesn't do what it did when it was 15, because you don't do with your body what you did when you were 15 anymore. Hello? Hello? Come on, seriously. We are a result of the things that we do on a consistent basis. And that's the same way with our thought life. Our thought life's going to become, so it's a fundamental thing that we've got to continue to do all the time. You're always going to have opportunities to think in the wrong direction. It's not going to stop. It's a spiritual law. It's part of the process in order for us to get to the end result that we desire. Now, my question to you and for us tonight, I got about three, three or four questions that we're going to ask tonight. Number one is, who is controlling your thoughts? Who's controlling your thoughts? Just a good question, right? Who's controlling your thoughts? You know what? I'm talking about the man in the mirror. Remember that song? (laughs) I'm asking him to make the change. It's the person that's in the mirror. You are the person that is controlling your thoughts. You're the one. Now, the thoughts are going to come. But you're the one that's controlling those thoughts. You got to take, we have to take ownership of this right here. Because you can control what you're thinking at any point in time. You're the one that's controlling your thoughts. We've got to, you can't pray, God, help me. You know, you help yourself think something different. Come on. Okay, now I'll go back to Brother Copeland. Here's real simple. I love this illustration because it's the fundamentals. That's what we're talking about. That's how we got on fundamentals a while ago. I've heard him do this time and time again, but it's going to help you. I want you to close your eyes for just a second. All right? Now, I want you to think of a dog. Okay, get a picture of a dog in your mind. This is your, this is your picture. This is your dog. This is whatever dog you want it to be right now. Now, I want you to do this. Get a picture of that dog being black. Okay? Now get a picture, you got that, you got a black dog now. Now get a picture of that dog being black and having three legs. Okay, yeah. Okay, you got a picture of your black dog with three legs, right? Okay, now get a picture of your black dog with three legs and one eye. Oh, man. Yeah, but that's your picture. Just listen, listen. You got it? Okay, open your eyes. Just a real simple sentence. Now, when I first said, get a picture of your dog, or get a picture of a dog, what did you first think of? Just give me some. Huh? Black dog. Your first picture, thought was a black dog. Anybody else? Well, your dog. What's your dog? What color? What's your, it's, your, it's a black pug. It's a pug. Okay. All right. What else? Any, huh? 
German Shepherd. Siberian Husky. Okay, we've got different dogs now. Okay, coming. So the first, you could have had Chihuahua. You could have had, you could have had, a, you know, a Labrador. You could have had anything that you could have, you could have thought anything. But then all of a sudden, I said to get a picture of a black dog. All right. Then I got a question for you. You had three legs. Which one of you had a back leg? Raise your hand. A back leg gone. Okay, that's only about half of you. So the other half of you had a front leg. Front legs, get your hands up. Okay. So there, you know, seriously, you have a choice to think what you want to think. Then, then I, okay, now let's go with the, the one eye. Okay, so I got a question. Was it the left eye or the right eye? Left Give me your, who's left hand, left eyes. Okay, all right, right eyes. About 50-50 again. Okay, look at this. You've got, but, but there's something, a picture that you began to develop, and how was it being developed? You're choosing, but also what's helping you choose? Words. I was speaking. Now, here's the thing. There's going to be thoughts that come to you that make you think, oh, my kid's going to go out in the street. No, your kid's not going to go out in the street. Cast that thought down. Come on. You've got to do that. But if you just let me continue to just fill your thoughts, I'm going to change the way you're thinking. You're the one that's got to, no, stop, no, this is what I'm thinking. Come on. And see, but, but what, what's controlling those thoughts? That's the second question. First one was who is controlling? Say, if it's going to be, it's up to me. You're the one controlling your thoughts. Second thing, what is controlling your thoughts? What controlled your thoughts just a minute ago? Words, words that what? That I was saying to you, right? So the devil's going to come and tell you, you know what? You shouldn't do that bit. You, you shouldn't give today. Don't, don't do that today. That's, you you got to have that money for yourself. Mm-hmm. Slap down. Come on. Because in your heart, you know that's what God, you purpose in your heart to give already. So if you purpose in your heart, that, the devil says, oh, if you give it, you, then he starts throwing thoughts at you, right? Amen. And so that's when you and I've got, those are thoughts. What is it? That's a, it's a word. Have you ever, y'all remember uh, that old, old cartoon? Some of y'all remember the cartoon. And there's also a video of, of, of a devil and an angel talking about an iMac versus a, a, P, a PC. You know, and there's, or the cartoon that had the little devil on one side and the little angel on the other side. And they're constantly going back and forth, Right. That, that's basically what takes place all the time in your life. There's thoughts going on. You're, you, you see something, it reminds you of something else, and you start going down this bunny trail that's not anything what God wants for you. Come on. The devil's going to attack you only in the natural. He can't, he's not a spiritual, he is not, a, he is not a, a creative being, so he can only take what he thinks he knows about you and try to throw it at you. Come on. He does. That's how he works. And what you and I've got to do is cast those thoughts down. There's an old, there's an old Indian proverb that talks about, um, there's two dogs that are on the inside of you. Which one's going to win? The one you feed the most. How many of y'all seen Tomorrowland? Your kids have, I guarantee it. Okay. Tomorrowland, that's one of the things that they talk about. Well, it comes from an old Indian uh, parable. You know, whatever dog you feed the most is the one that's going to win. Well, whatever thoughts you feed the most is the thought that's going to rule and reign in your life. And you feed thoughts with what? Words. 
Come on. That's good. Now, here's another illustration, Brother Cobble. I'm doing some fun. This is, you know, one of the things we do on Wednesday nights is disciple. And we go back to the, a lot of it's going back to the basics, staying fundamental, so we can stay sound, so we can have a sound mind as a body of believers. Okay? Because it's, it's the small foxes that spoil the vines. And we want to stay strong in the Lord and the power of his might. And so one of the things I want you to do with me, say, I'll do this. Now, be a person of your word. You're not, all right? You said you'll do this, okay? All right, so what I want you to do when I, in just a second, I want you to count in your mind to 20, okay? When I say go in just a few seconds, okay? I'm going to tell you this when I say, but in the process, I want you to do whatever I tell you to do, okay? All right, so in your mind, when I say go, I want you to count to 20, all right? Ready, set, go. Say glory, hallelujah. What happened to your counting? Simple. How do you control your thoughts then? Your words. But whose words are more powerful than your thoughts? Your word. When you speak that word out of your mouth, that word right there has got the power to create. Life and death, it says in Proverbs 18, 21, life and death are in the power of whose tongue? My tongue. And I will eat the fruit of what I'm saying out of my mouth. So whenever I get these nappy jack thoughts, come on, because they come, right? Thoughts that aren't of God. What I've got to do is don't let those thoughts captivate me and take me in a direction that I don't want to go in anymore. That's what I used to be like. I'm not like that anymore. So I have to remind myself, no, I'm, that's, the, that's my old self. I'm a new creature created in Christ Jesus. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become brand new. I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. I'm not an old sinner. I am saved by grace. What am I doing? I'm taking whatever negative thoughts the devil's throwing at me. I'm casting them down. But it's not just one thing to get them out the way. I got to fill my thoughts up, my personal thoughts up with words. And my words have to be the word of God because the word of God's not going to return void. It's going to do what it's set out to do. But I've got to appropriate it by speaking it out of my mouth. Amen. Amen? Amen. So you and I can't allow those thoughts to dominate us. We've got to dominate those thoughts with the word of God that won't return void, that'll do what it's set out to do. You see, the devil's like a roaring lion. He's not the roaring lion. He is like a roaring lion. So he starts roaring his little mouth at you about what you're not going to be able to do. And then you got to put him in his place and resist him. Come on. And you just... Don't go, you know, you got to resist him. I tell you what, man, you, you get a snake in your house, you'll be hit, looking for something to kill that thing with. You think I'm, you will do whatever it takes to get that thing out of you. You know what I'm saying? You, I don't care. You may be standing on the table doing it, but you're going to do whatever it takes to get rid of that sucker. Amen. And so he's a snake and it's our job to bruise his head. Make him feel it. Amen. And the way you do that is you speak what God says about you, not what he's saying about you. And the process of why he's trying to, he is the accuser of the brethren. He's bringing accusations against you and I all the time. And we got to slap them down. We got to let them know what's up and begin to speak what the word of God says about us, no matter what the situation looks like. Amen. We can't be moved by what we see. We can't. Like it says in Isaiah chapter 11, go over there real quick. You need to see that. 
for yourself. Isaiah chapter 11. Give you some scriptures now. I've just been jumping. Y'all got me excited. It says here in verse 2, it says, And the Spirit of the Lord rests upon him. Now, him meaning Jesus, right? Now, but who's in us? Jesus. So this Spirit is now resting upon us, right? Christ in me, Christ in you, the hope of glory. So here we are. It says, The Spirit of the Lord rests upon us, the Spirit of wisdom and understanding, the Spirit of counsel and might, the Spirit of knowledge and of the fear of the Lord, and shall make us... Of a quick understanding in the fear of the Lord, we shall not judge after the sight of our eyes, neither reprove after the hearing of our ears. And you got to see this. He's not just talking about natural ears here. He's talking about spiritual ears. And that's what the devil's trying to throw at you. He's trying to get in your spirit, man. He's trying to get in there and twist the word. Let's go to Mark chapter 4. Do some scripture jumping here. The word of God will always... Support itself. It will, he will, it will do what it's set out to do. We just got to let it do it. Amen? And we have to be doers of it, not just hearers only. And so here we are in Mark chapter 4. It says, this is the parable of the sower. Okay, so this is what happens in our lives. We've got the word of God being sowed into our lives. Pastor's preaching a great sermon. You get all excited about it on Sunday. You're rocking and rolling, ready to go. And there's a goosebump thief sitting right outside in that parking lot. And he comes at you and starts talking to you about this and talking to you about that. And all of a sudden, what is that? That's the devil that comes immediately to steal the word that's just been sowed in your heart by what pastor's been preaching to you on a Sunday morning. That's what he does. And if you and I can't understand this parable, how can we understand anything that God's trying to teach us? This is simple. And, and, and it, what happens, it's a battlefield that's in your mind. You know, the devil doesn't come up to you in a little red suit and pitchfork and go, hey, beep, 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 I'm coming to talk to you about something. <laughs> no, he doesn't do that. You know, he makes a little suggestion here. He says something here. And a lot of times it's through the people that you love the most. And they didn't even mean that when they said it. Come on. It's the truth. Because he's a, he's a divider. He wants to bring strife because we're strife, envy and strife. He's an envy. He envies us. And we're envying where the devil is, there's every evil work. We're envying strife. That's him. He envies us because we have everything that he dreamed of being. Come on. And he wants to divide us from our heavenly father who's created us in his image to in his likeness to rule and reign with him, which is what he wanted to begin with. So he's trying to keep us. So he's a punk. He's just punking you. Come on. That's the best. He really is. And he's doing it through your thought life more than he does anything else. It's one thing to let something be said. It's another thing to take it into yourself. Because the thoughts are going to come and people are going to say some things sometimes. So what? You've got to put more of the word of God on the inside of you so that that's what's coming out of you. you know, what does he say? It's not what goes into a man that hurts him. It's what comes out of him. Because you and, you, you and I've got to get so full of this that no matter what hits us, we're like, no, that's not me. This is what my, my God says about me. This is who I am in Christ Jesus. And this, is how I'm, I'm, this is my story, and I'm sticking to it. Yes. Amen? That's got to be our thought process. So look, he says here, 
In verse 13, he says, uh, Know you not this parable? How then will you know all parables? The sower soweth the word. 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 Say, I'm a sower. As long as the earth remains, seed time and harvest time will not cease to exist. And what you and I got to see is that that word has got to be sowed into us continuously. What happens is he says, let them both grow up. You're going to have thoughts. What is he saying? You're going to have thoughts that come to you. But don't let those plant more seeds in your life of what God's doing in your life than what the devil's throwing at you. And you'll realize there's no room for him to throw anything at you in that area of your life anymore. He may try, but you're so full of this, he's going to try to figure something else out to try to get you with. Hello. Come on. He doesn't stop. He's a pers- like Brother Hagen used to say, he's a persistent cuss. And so he's just is. He's going to just keep on. He's going to keep, but you, you get strong in one area, then you just go on to the next area. I, I've always said this, and I believe this with all my heart because I've seen this. You ever watch athletes that are good playing one sport, but if they go into another one, they're good. It's like Tebow. He's a good, you know, it's like Charlie Ward was another one. You know, it's like Bo Jackson was another one. There's, there's athletes since um, Daryl Strawberry was, there's some amazing athletes that just, that, man, they were so good. Why? Because there's some fundamental things that they do that make them good. There's some fundamental things. So I, I believe this. I've seen this because I've seen this with players and, and people that I've coached in the past. I, if, they, if I can teach them how to win in one area, I can take them over and transfer what I'm teaching them there and use the same fundamental principles and apply it in another area, and they can win in that area. And they make my team better no matter where I put them because they're that good because they learn the importance of the fundamentals. Right. you, you got to see this in the same way spiritually. When you learn how to win in one area, if you're, if you're doing really good physically in your body and your sound and everything else, what is it that you did to get that way? And then go do that where your finances, if, if that's where you're struggling in your life. Or if it's where your kids are, how did you get developed in your finances? How did you get developed in your healing? And go get developed over here where your kids are concerned. Hello? If it's your job that you have issues with, what is, you may have success in some area. Take the same principles. And you know what it is at the bottom line? One thing that you're going to have to realize in any area of your life is you're never, the only time. The only time that you'll find success before work is in the dictionary. That's it. You're going to have to work this process of seed time and harvest time where the word of God is concerned in your life. If you're going to overcome by the blood of the lamb and what? The word of whose testimony? My testimony. Watching my internet. Your testimony. Speak it out of your mouth. We cannot, we cannot stop putting this word of God into us continuously because it's helping control our thoughts and bring us into a sound mind. Hello. That's good. We've got to see this because if we understand this, then everything else in our life, we're going to have success in because it's going to take this working, this system. Now you, you got to see this. You and I've got, there's a system here that you and I've got to have. Faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Faith calls those things that be not as though they were. Hello? You got to see that. And faith works by love. And faith has corresponding action. Right? Those things are never going to go away. 
You can't skip the process. Quit trying to learn some trick that's going to just get it for you. And just get fundamentally sound where this is concerned. And man, take, I mean, you know what? If you don't know what to say, get your Bible out, get your phone, get your thesaurus, get something out. Just start looking up the scriptures that pertain to that specific area in your life. Get it in you and start speaking it. Just taking them one at a time. They'll get so deep on the inside of you. Well, the devil's going to hate coming around, try to mess you with that because he's going to get whooped with that word every time he does. It is a double-edged sword. It'll do what it's set out to do, but you have to work it. You have to pull it out and execute what it says. Amen? All right. Hallelujah. Let's look at just a couple of scriptures that you've been going through. I want you to see some things. Okay, go to first, uh, John chapter 14. I know that y'all been going through some of this, and I need you to, to verify what I'm telling you, because who is controlling our, your mind? Who is it? Say, I am. Say, if it's going to be, it's up to me. So John chapter 14, verse 1, it says, let not your heart be troubled. It doesn't say, hey, pray to me so that your heart won't be troubled. It does not, does it say, am I wrong? Let not, what is it? He, that's telling, that's, a, that's just telling me and you, don't let your heart be troubled. Don't let it happen. Don't get into worry. Don't do it. Don't let your heart, who's, who's responsible? If it's going to be, it's what? If it's going to be, it's what? Say it like you mean it. If it's going to be, it's up to me. You and I have got to take responsibility for this. I've got to take, and we'll get to uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 10, where you take every thought captive to the obedience of Christ. Now look at this. Go over another scripture. I'm just showing you how this is important for you and I to control our minds. Look at Philippians. This is another one that y'all know y'all have looked at. Because I, I like... I like answers. <laughs> I just, just, I don't know. I like to know, okay, I know there's a problem, but how do I get rid of the problem? Right? I'm, I'm, I'm like, I, I, it's easy. I can see this is my problem. What do I do with it? Right? This is what you do with it. Look at this. Start off, Philippians 4. What do you do? You rejoice. You got a problem? Rejoice. 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 You got to get some, seriously, you're going to have to learn how to rejoice in the midst of your circumstances. That's just, I don't, you, you know, be honest with you, we're not denying the circumstance. We're not denying the reality of things that are going on in your life. But the quicker you're able to stand in the midst of your storm and laugh at the devil out loud, ha ha, the quicker you're going to be able to get through that circumstance and the devil will stop messing with you where that's concerned. I love, there's a testimony Keith Moore gave years ago, and he talked about when he was, you know, I don't know if you know this testimony about Keith Moore or not, but he actually was trying to be one of like those uh, UFC fighters. That's kind of the lifestyle that he wanted to be in. And so he, t- he was taking martial arts, going all over the world, trying to, trying to get to the point where he would, he wanted to hurt somebody. You know what I'm saying? That's just, the, that was his lifestyle before. Okay, but he had a sensei one time talk to him about when you're in the midst of a battle, when you're in the midst of the ring, the one thing you do when you know you feel like you've just got hit with everything that's on the inside of him and you think your teeth have just fallen out, the best thing you can do in that circumstance is smile even if your gap teeth and everything else and look at them like, if that's the best shot you got, then you got something coming to you. Come on. 
spit the teeth out, and take after them. Because you will create panic and fear in your opponent when they realize you're not going to be moved by what they throw at you, when they throw it at you, or how they throw it at you. And that's the same way where the devil is concerned. You can't let him see you sweat. You can't let him see you get moved by what's going on in your circumstance. You got to put a smile on your face, a step into your walk and just go, come on. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Just keep on praising the Lord in the midst of your circumstance. Rejoice. So Paul's saying that to us. Rejoice. We know that. But look at this. Let your moderation. You know what I noticed about this? And, and this, I'm not going to go there tonight, but I was meditating on this this afternoon. And Philippians, two strong scriptures, and then 2 Corinthians chapter 10, both of these revolve around finances. Both of them do. It's a good sermon pastor can preach later on. But both of those are totally, where he's talking about taking thoughts and being careful for nothing and taking your, come on, having no anxiety about anything. It's, it's evolved around, you know, the back end of that, what does it say? It says, my God shall supply all of your needs according to his riches and glory. What does it say in, in 2 Corinthians chapter 9? It says, when you get, you know, the whole aspect of giving, give cheerfully, joyfully. You know, you're going to reap bountifully. That whole aspect, he goes right into talking about your thoughts. Just a nugget for you. If you're struggling financially, that's a great place to start. And take notes and get your joy on, okay? Start rejoicing in this circumstance. That's just a nugget. That's just a little, that's a snippet. <laughs> We've got snippets. A snippet is an extract of material, okay? Information that's been given to you, just to let you know. All right, so we have G29 snippets. Like they're doing a little snippet tonight. That's all they'll do is a little extract of what we've been teaching. That's a snippet. Isn't that good? You like a snippet? All right, so that's your snippet for the night. Okay, so look at this, starting verse 6. It says, be careful for nothing. Okay, stop there. Be careful for nothing. This over here in Amplified says, do not fret. It doesn't say, Lord, I pray that you help me not fret. No, he says, do not fret. It's not, who's, who's, who's responsible for this situation? This is all I want you to see in this scripture today, okay? It's just the reality of you and I have got to take ownership of what's going into our minds, what's going into our thought process. If we're going to develop a strong mental attitude towards what God has in store for us, we're going to have to be the ones to take authority over what's coming into our mind. And we do that by placing the word of God in, in place of whatever is trying to come against that. Amen? Come on, that's it, all right? So you, you and I have to see this. He's not saying, pray to me and ask me to, he's saying, you just, it's basically what he says in James chapter four, seven. Submit yourself to God, resist the devil. Just resist him. And he's got to flee, amen? amen? Well, I resisted him, brother Rick, and he, no, you didn't resist him to get him out of the way. You're playing patty cakes with him. <laughs> Stop it. And fill your mouth, because you got to feel, not, not just resist, not just a slap down, press the reset button and press replay on what the word of God says about that situation. Just get your, you know, you need to have some index cards sometimes to help train your thoughts on where to go over some of the circumstances that he's hitting you with the most. And you just get the, you know what it says? No, it is written. That's exact. What did, what did he do to Adam and Eve or to Eve? He twisted the word. He created a thought process in her. Did God really say that? Come on. He threw words at her to contradict the word. 
And that's all. He, he did the same thing with Jesus. When Jesus, when he tempted Jesus, he said, if you be the, Pastor Justin talked about it on Sunday, if you be the son of God, what is he doing? He's creating a doubt or a thought process to make you think, well, did God really say that? Oh, you better know what the word of God says. And when you know the word of God and you allow the word of God to be your hiding place and the place that you live, habitually position yourself in, come on, then you're able to stand against all the wiles of the enemy. Because he's trying to deceive you to think like he thinks rather than what God says. Now, words are thoughts, right? So what's the one thing that you've got to fill yourself with? The word, the word, the word, the the word himself, Jesus. Heaven and earth will pass away, but the word of God won't pass. I just can't come up with any words. I need to come up. I need to speak what the word of God is saying about this situation. When the Bible says in uh, Joshua chapter one, meditate in the word day and night. That word meditate isn't just. Um, no, it, it actually, it means to murmur and to speak continuously out of your mouth. So it's something that we've got to, that's why he said, if you're going to wake your way, if you're going to make your way prosperous, you're going to continually speak my word about your situation and it's going to provide you success in that area of your life. My word will be a lamp unto your feet and a light unto your path. As you meditate in your word day and night, you will be like a tree. What's that meditate though? Not just Mm, no, you're, thank you, Lord. By your stripes, I'm healed. Thank you, Lord. You, whatever you're believing, you're constantly speaking, not just thinking about it, you're talking about it. That's why he encouraged the Israelites in the Old Testament. Talk about it when you go eat. Talk about it when you rise up. Talk about it when you're with your kids. Talk about it when you, all the time, you're talking the answer, not the problem. What most people, this is an area that most people, they want to get in the flesh with you. Me, me, papa, who, who, whoever it is, they want to talk about your problem because they know what you're going through. No, 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 no. They don't, you don't need to let them see you sweat. That's not my problem, mama. That's not my problem, Mimi. That's not my problem, papa. Come on. I have rolled the care of that over on the Lord because the Lord cares for me. Hello. He is perfecting that which concerns me in that area of my life. He has supplied my need in that area of my life. And then, you know what, if they're talking about, you know, you're not looking so good. You know what, by his stripes I was healed. I am healthy from the top of my head to the soles of my feet. I'm too blessed to be cursed. Come on. I, God has redeemed me from the curse of the law. Jesus being made a curse for me for his written curses, everyone that hangs on the tree. That the blessing of Abraham might come on me. What are you doing? You're speaking what the word of God is saying rather than allowing those thoughts that other people, and that Satan's really trying to throw at you. He's just using little words in here, there from somebody else and makes you try to go down a rabbit trail. Get you off the, get you off the path that God has for you. And that path is success. Because what? What are God's thoughts for you? How precious are my thoughts for you? How weighty are the sum of them, says his word. What is Pastor Justin's favorite scripture? Huh? Jeremiah 29, 11. Can, can anybody, how, what does it say? I know the What? I know the what? The thoughts. thoughts. And what are God's thoughts towards you? His word. To give you an expected end. Hello. To prosper you. Those are God's thoughts for you. So if you've got negative thoughts going on in your world and in your life, they're not coming from God. 
Because those are not God's thoughts for you. You got to sum that. You got to really draw that line in the sand where this is concerned. And remember that every bad thing that comes from you, it's from the devil. He's the one that's tempted, testing, and trying you. In James chapter one, it says, don't ever say that God is tempting, testing, or trying you. Because God cannot be tempted, neither will he tempt any man. Everything that's coming up against you is from the devil. Every good and perfect gift comes from God. Hello? You've got to stay here. You've got to see this. There's a war going on, and the the real place it starts is premeditated. Like they say, premeditated murder. That's why Jesus said, don't even think about it in your head. Come on. Because what your thoughts will eventually take you where you're thinking. That's right. What are you doing? What does it say here in in, uh, Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1? It says, the worlds were flamed by the word of God. I framed your world just a minute ago with the dog. (laughs) I framed your dog for you. I painted a picture for you. Right? Did I or did I not? Right. Well, how did I do it? By words. So you're going to pray. That's why he says you're the prophet of your own life. You and I are speaking. By your words, you and I are justified, and by your words, you are condemned. Let's just don't be condemned. Amen. Amen? Let's be justified. Just as if you've never sinned. The righteousness of God in Christ Jesus, heir to the throne. Woo! Royal priesthood, a peculiar people. Amen? That's who we're supposed to be in Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. Y'all having fun this evening? Good stuff. Praise the Lord. Um, so we know what, so the th- third question is what is creating your thoughts? And y'all figure that out. What is it? What's creating your thoughts? Words, words of some sort are creating your thoughts. You, you may have a word. Somebody may have been saying something to you all your life. I've seen this. I've seen this with, with kids. I've worked with in student ministries for 27 years, some way, some form or fashion now since I went in the ministry. And the reality of it is I see parents all the time. Well, this is my kid, and they will, they will automatically categorize him. This is my smart kid. This is my athletic kid. This is my brainy kid, or this is my artsy kid. What are they doing? They're, they're framing, and you know what? A, a kid has a mindset. What, they're allowing parents. I, I always challenge our parents of watch what you're confessing over your child. Make sure you're sensitive to the Lord about who they're called to be and what they're called to do and make sure they have a revelation of it too. Come on, don't make them something that you want them to be. Hello? Because what what's the reality of our lives, our lives a lot of times are framed by other people's words rather than what the word of God says about who we are. And we've got to, we got to make sure we don't allow that to happen. Let's look at a couple of testimonies and we'll wrap this up. In David's life, David's a great person to look at. David had some, had, had some situations come up in his life. But, um, you know, and uh, <laughs> let's look at 1 Samuel chapter 30, verse 6. David was greatly distressed for the men spoke of stoning. This is right after Ziglag, okay? Because the souls of them were all bitterly grieved, each man for his sons and daughters. But David encouraged and strengthened himself in the Lord. Encourage and strengthen himself in the Lord. Encourage and strengthen himself. Who did this? David did this. So when those thoughts are coming, even if you don't know what to say, I love the testimony from Dr. Savell because when he came out of the situation with the stroke, you know what I loved? You know what I loved? 
is the Holy Spirit that was placed on the inside of him, never left him, never forsook him. And the one thing he knew how to do was pray in the Holy Ghost. What does it say about us praying? Sometimes you're not going to know what to say in your circumstance. That's just a reality, and that's okay. But praise God for the Holy Ghost. Amen? And by being filled with the Holy Ghost, the Bible says you edify, build yourself up. You're encouraging yourself in the plans that God has for you rather than the plans that the devil is trying to tell you about. And so even if you don't, even if you're, so if you're fighting thoughts and don't know what to say, I'm going to speak the word because the word of God is going to work. Amen. You and I've got to speak. What are we doing? When you're praying in the spirit, the Bible says you're praying the perfect will of God for your life. What is the perfect will of God for your life? The word. You know what? You don't even realize this, but when you're praying in the spirit, you can't pray contrary to the word of God. And you, you don't know the, necessarily the exact word, but God does. And Jesus is always at the right hand of the Father interceding for us. When we go to praying in the Holy Ghost, Jesus starts talking for us. And the devil gets mad as a hornet and leaves you because he can't help himself because he's confused. He is the author of the confusion because he is confusion, Mr. Day. That's just the truth. Amen. So but you start praying in the Holy Ghost, he gets out of town. He done been whooped. Okay, and you're reminding him of how he's been whooped. But you're also developing something on the inside of you that's greater than even your natural mind. Okay, so David did that for himself. And then look at this. And then remember, David had friends too. Go to 2 Samuel chapter 12, verse 19 to 23. But when David saw that his servants whispered, you ever have people talking behind you? Or talking, not, not talking, but they're just talking about your situation. Come on. You know, they're just talking. And he said, so they're talking. He perceived that the child was dead. So he said to them, is the child dead? I think Pastor talked about this a little bit. And they said, he is. Then David arose from the floor, washed, anointed himself, changed his apparel, and went into the house of the Lord and worshiped. Then he came to his own house, and when he asked, they set food before him, and he ate. Then his servant said to him, what is this that you have done? You fasted him. What are they saying? What are you doing? Your kid just died. What are you worshiping God for? Hello? You know what? They're going to tell you, you don't, you don't need to be up out of bed. No, no, you don't understand. I can't help but praise my God in this circumstance that I'm going through right now. I know how important it is for me to stand up and praise the Lord. I'm going to rejoice in the Lord in this situation because this is not the situation I'm staying in. Hello? See, people want to take on a natural aspect. And you know what? They had good intent. And the thing about it, they weren't being, this is the thing about uh, our, some people, they don't, they just don't see what you see. And that's what you got. You, what do you see? You see what the word of God says about you. We're holding fast the profession of our faith. We're holding on to the promises of what God's word says about our situation rather than what our situation is trying to tell us. Hello? We're changing our situation. By meditating on the word rather than the situation. Because whatever's in the flesh is temporal. I love Dr. Savell preached an amazing message on that years ago. It's, it's, it's subject to change. And how do you change it? By what the word of God says about your situation. All right, I got it. Let's go over here. Oh, yes. Let's go... Um, 
Now let's go to Romans chapter 8. I need you to see this. Romans chapter 8. You know, um, before I got filled with the Holy Ghost, one of my scriptures that I held on to as a young, as a young minister and as a young man of God was uh, Proverbs 3, 4, 5, and 6. And it says, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. All your ways acknowledge him and he'll direct your paths. Well, as you get filled with the Holy Ghost, I, I, it, it all of a sudden dawned on me uh, my own understanding, my own way of thinking. Okay? My own way of thinking. Well, the way I think. Lean not on the way I think. I can't, I can't lean on the way I just naturally think. Because my thoughts can go all over the place. Lean not on my own understanding. All my ways acknowledge. Okay, God, I, what, is you, what do you say about this situation? Not what, we used to, I, anybody ever play dominoes? We think long, think wrong. You know, you're just, you got you to gotta make a decision. What are you saying? You got to, I used to say this even before I got filled with the Holy, when I was in college. People would ask me, what do you think? And I say, I try not to. I'd say that all the time. I, I don't want to think. I want to know. And I want to do whatever it is that I know. I said that all the time, not realizing how powerful that was in my life. But it's really, I've got to know what God's word says about this situation, not what I think it says about this situation. And so I I can't lean on my own understanding. Look at this in uh, Romans chapter 8, verse 5. For they that are after the flesh do mind the things of the flesh, but they that are after the spirit, the things of the spirit. For to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Because a carnal mind is an enemy against God, for it is not subject to the law of God, neither indeed can be. Okay? Keep going. How far did I say? Through nine. Okay, so then they that are in the flesh cannot please God, but you are not in the flesh. I love the way he encourages us there. Because you are not in the flesh. Okay? And that's it's important because however... The reality of it is what your mind wants to do is go back to what you know to do. And what you've got to do is you have to transform your mind into what the word of God says about your situation. My mind's got to be focused more on God's, God's direction rather than what I think I need to do in this situation. Even though I've done it certain ways in certain times, I still need to seek the Lord about whether or not that's what he wants me to do or is that how he wants me to do it. And what am I doing? I'm, I'm not allowing my natural tendencies, the carnal natural, uh, my natural abilities, are, are, I can't allow them to dominate the way I think I need to do something. I need to always have, a, if you're going to have a successful thought life, you're going to constantly reflect your thoughts on what God is saying to you rather than just what you think it says. And confer not with flesh and blood. Hello? Don't confer with flesh and blood. Confer with the Spirit. And, th- and that goes back to what we talked about praying in the Spirit a while ago. There's sometimes where I need to get my flesh out of the way, and I start praying in the Spirit. So that my flesh does get out of the way, so my spirit will have more dominance in the situation and help me think the way God's wanted me to think rather than the way I think I need to think. Is that good? I mean, I, I say this from a, not just, not just a, I, I, from a, a life, of, of my personal life, knowing that I've made that mistake many, many times in my life. And I, being a Christian 40, you know, 40 years now, I, and, and living this life, and then even in ministry, making mistakes, 
Because I think I, because I just think, well, that's maybe, that's, I think that's what, no, I need to confer with God. I need to spend time praying over this in the spirit realm. I need to spend time meditating on this in the word and let this word, whatever God's telling me in this situation, get big on the inside of me so that I'm able to walk it out without a doubt. I know exactly what God wants me to do, have his plan, his purpose, and pursue it the way he's telling me to pursue it. Does that make sense? And the way, the, the, and it's important to see this because it's, it's, a lot of this transition takes place in your mind. And yet, it's the word that's helping you get to where you need to go. So you can, you, 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 you and I have to slap down anything that is contrary to what the Holy Spirit is leading us to do. And I'll, and I'll, um, I'll leave you with this. My, uh, I've, I've talked about my old pastor sometimes before, and I, I want to. I, I, if he was standing here today, he'd tell, he'd be able to tell you himself. My pastor, I love my, I loved my old pastor uh, before I came to this church. But my pastor went down in a plane crash in 2002, okay? And it, in his own plane, all right? And he had a hunger and a passion for souls. I mean, he called Joe Bukowski every other week and talked to him. I mean, Dr. Savell just ministered there that year before, you know, at his church. And so and there was a relay, and, pastor, and uh, Dr. Savell and I have talked about it my relationship with him. In the process of knowing the word, this is a man that brought me the Holy Ghost, brought me the word of faith, taught me things that I had never under, never, never tapped into before in my life. Yet everything he taught me about being led by the Holy Spirit, when it came down to the bottom line, he allowed his thinking of what the word says dominate him rather than what the Holy Spirit was leading him. Real important, Dr. Savell, he actually talked about it in a sermon about, two, about a year and a half ago, and he didn't give, I'm not giving his name either, but he talked about how uh, the warning signs were there. His wife said we shouldn't fly, we, we're not supposed to go on this trip. His daughter and new husband wouldn't go on the trip. His co-pilot said the plane is not acting right, we're not supposed to go on this trip. His, the instructor that taught him how to fly says, this you're not supposed that you should not fly this plane right now, and it was a brand new plane jet. And yet, here's the deal: here you've got all these warning signs, but and this is what he said: we just got to go reach one more. We just got to go reach one more. We just got to go. We got to go do this, and I got to be back over here to preach. But everything was telling him. And let me tell you, and this is what is so important: is you and I cannot confer with flesh and blood. You and I can't think about, just because the word of God says something, you and I've got to let this word become first place in our life. Let the Holy Spirit lead us, guide us, and direct us where this word is concerned. Let continually be transformed by the renewing of our mind. Not, by the renewing of our mind. And part of that renewal is in the word of God. Not all of it, but part of it. Okay? But letting the Holy Spirit by praying in the Spirit, we're developing something on the inside of us that allows us to see what God is trying to tell us in the midst of our circumstance. The Holy Spirit is your leader. He's your guide. That's why when he started in John chapter 14, he said, let not your heart be troubled. 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 
Slap down, reset, meditate in that word. Let that word of God become first place. Continue to roll the word of God over and over and over again in every situation. Every time a negative thought comes, let the word of God come first. Then let the Holy Spirit, you got to combine this. You got to combine the Holy, the word of God and the spirit of God. They're inseparable. They're inseparable. You got to allow the Holy Spirit. You got to see this because the Holy Spirit's going to guard. The Bible says, when you do this, the Holy Spirit, let the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding. What's the peace of God? My peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Whose peace? The Holy Spirit. My peace I give to you. I give my peace to you. What is that? What is he saying? My peace I leave with you. Whose peace? The Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is constantly taking us in the direction of where the Word of God, the truth of the Word of God, don't take the Word of God out of context. The Word of Holy Spirit will quicken you to know what Word you're supposed to be confessing, what Word you're supposed to be holding on to, allowing that Word to dominate your thought life and build yourself up in that so that you can wage a good warfare so you can win the fight that you're fighting right now where your faith is concerned. Amen? Is that good? I love you guys. I'm excited. Thank you all for letting me sow into you. Um, Pastor Justin.